Hey everybody, welcome back to another exciting episode of The Real Couple. We are The Real Couple. I am Dallas. And I'm Paige. And we are The Real Couple. So this week we watched yet another movie. Paige, what did we watch? Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. That is correct. Uh, just to start off, fun fact, or more uh, just a, a quick quiz. Um, Paige does not know that I'm about to do this, but quiz on the movie. Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines is good. Yes or no? Go. No. There we go. Correct answer. Yeah, this movie sucks. This movie is pretty fucking bad. <laughs> do you agree? I agree. Yeah. It it was very disappointing yeah. coming off of how amazing Terminator 2 was. Yeah. And and the fact that it was like more than a decade later. Mm-hmm. It was 12 years later. Yeah. And the effects were not that much improved. I feel like th- with Terminator 2, the uh, liquid metal effect... They had to work really, really hard to do something no one had seen before. And James Cameron does a really good job of knowing how to put that on the screen, how to write that into the story. With this new one, it's just whenever I want her to shoot something, her arm will just do CGI. Yeah, It it, it didn't feel like anything was written interestingly. It was just, and then CGI will do things. Yeah, I was actually really nervous. So we have not talked about this movie yeah. together yeah. Mo- pre-pressing record. Yeah, movie ended and um, we pretty much just got on to other things. And so I was actually really worried that I was going to be like, this movie sucks. Yeah. And Dallas was going to be like, here's all the reasons why you're wrong. Yeah, no. Um, but I'm glad we agree on how terrible this movie was yeah yeah it was kind of a fun terrible though Mm -hmm. something that i've said several times before and several times on this podcast i think the terminator franchise at its worst is still putting out pretty good action movies yeah it was at least watchable yeah if you just want brainless over-the-top action t3's gotcha yeah it's got you covered yeah however if you're wanting a terminator movie Oh, owies. This is... There just wasn't much of a story. Yeah. It's It's got this weird... Every time I think about the story being told in Terminator 3, it is a very interesting premise. The days leading up to failure mm-hmm. of Judgment Day. This guy who is destined to be the utmost important human being after a specific date but up until now we're always just trying to make sure that specific date never happens so this very important character never truly becomes important kind of a weird thing so so to have the third movie finally say nope shit hit the fan bombs dropped it happened and what was john connor doing in the hours leading up to it And the concept that up until the very, very end, he thought he could stop it. Mm -hmm. He thought he could be, you know, the main character. You know, he thought he could, you know, be the, uh, and good prevailed and and evil was defeated and yada, yada, yada. No, the the concept that uh, we're, we're telling the story of when it, 
when Judgment Day occurs, which that's another thing. The fact that Terminator 2 is called Judgment Day and Terminator 3 isn't. I, I yeah. Kind of, in the grand scheme of things, I kind of feel like if you were to go back, you should probably rename Terminator 2. Yeah, since Judgment Day happens in Terminator 3. Yeah. Also, Rise of the Machines. There's one. Like, like yeah. Yeah, maybe Terminator 3 Skynet's Rise or something. Yeah. Um, or Skynet Online. Global ah. Virus. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Every time I think about Terminator 3, I'm like, that could have been such an interesting story. However, as I was rewatching it, the ending is just like, and then the bombs dropped, and you hear all the panicked voices on the radio, and John Connor gets on, he's like, this is John Connor. I hear you. And they're like, okay, where are you? Who's in charge there? And he's like, I'm in charge. And he, you can tell he's about to step into that role he's always been told his whole life he was going to take on. It should have been called Rise of John Connor. Yeah. But as I was watching that scene, I was like, this. everything about this scene just feels like right as the credits are about to roll, a much more interesting story is literally about to start. <laughs> yeah, and also, is Terminator 4 about that? No, because you said Terminator 4 is the future one, right? Yeah, so it takes place after Judgment Day. Also, the real couple is still puppy-sitting. Yeah, as we have said in our uh, previous episodes, we are dog-sitting. So we have... Two dogs who really want to play together, and they want to be noisy. So, that's fun. Um, okay. Early in the movie, the TX, or Terminatrix. Is that what she's called? They call her the Terminatrix several times. I remember growing up, that just kind of... weirdly sexual. It sounds weirdly sexual. It was just this term that I'd heard as a kid, and now that I'm an adult and I was re-watching it, and they were like, the Terminatrix, I was like, oh, yeah, 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 that's what they call her. Ooh, I I no longer appreciate that. I'm not down. Stop no, it. Yeah. No me gusta. Like, mooey no me gusta. Mooey. I, I apologize to any Spanish speakers out there. We don't speak the Spanish. I don't. I don't. I I would say I try my best, but this is not my best. This is just... I I got into a routine of not trying to speak Spanish, and now I say things like muy no me gusta. Sorry. I'm just going to call her the TX because that is a far less terrible name. Early in the movie, the TX starts doing her shit. And I remember you said... Oh, she's a cool new Terminator. Now that you've seen all of the movie, do you still feel that way? I feel like, yes, she was a cool Terminator. Okay. I liked her Terminator vision. We talked about that in the last one, how it was, like, way cooler. Yeah. Maybe that was how still on do Arnold. We I don't remember. See her Terminator vision. Um, I thought the concept of her having, like, a flamethrower for an arm was cool and having like an electrified screwdriver i don't know what that was for a finger um cool concept 
And she still had some of the like metal morphing of the last one. I liked that they brought in a female. Okay. Um, do I think the execution was perfect? No. Okay, good. Was any of the execution perfect on this movie? No. Nah. Uh, they had a severe lack of James Cameron. Yeah, yeah. I've always really liked how in Terminator 2, they have this really cool concept of a villain. The T-1000, he's liquid, he can, he can shapeshift, all that stuff. But they make sure to kind of put in checks and balances. Mm-hmm. Like he can change into anything he can he can shapeshift however he cannot form complex machines he cannot make his hand into a gun he can only do stabby objects Mm -hmm. sharp things like that and so to suddenly have terminator 3 come out and it's like well this girl can do that it just i get that you have to go above what you've done before but it seems i don't know too much like it, it, yeah they advanced they didn't rein themselves in yeah i kind of feel like if you'd sent her back in time with a weapon if you figured out how to send back her and also a weapon like maybe um have a scene where you can't send them together so they have to send them separately so she arrives and immediately has to track where her her super weapon landed and she has to get from point a to point b and that's an interesting scene and then once she has it now she has a weapon she can use maybe fine but just having it be like oh the t-1000 you thought that was cool well he's an idiot he can't even form guns and flamethrowers out of his arm i i felt like that just kind of i also feel like with the other two movies like they were fun to watch and I appreciated them so much more once I dug into how they were made and what went into those. The more I read about Terminator 3, the more I realize it's just a cash grab. It really is. It's Yeah. It wasn't monumental. It didn't push forward filmmaking. Mm-hmm. They did it just for the money. And I think that shows so much in their finished product one thing i will say after this movie i feel like even when they aren't very good the other three terminator films they don't feel as cash grabby as this they feel like someone at least had a oh i have a really interesting idea for a terminator movie i want to make another terminator movie but it's not just a We'll figure out story later. Let's just make another Terminator movie. It'll obviously be financially successful. I don't feel like... That's what this one was. This definitely was that. It feels like such a cash grab. Well, and especially like with Arnold Schwarzenegger, first of all, not wanting to come back without James Cameron. Mm -hmm. And then James Cameron telling him straight up, just do it and ask for a shitload of money. Which, yeah. Which he did, by the way. I don't know if you have those stats pulled up or not. Yeah. But. Um, <clears throat> so Arnold Schwarzenegger's fee for reprising his role was $29.25 million, Ludicrous number. A record at the time. His contract was 33 pages long. 
The contract was 33 pages and written by Hollywood super lawyer Jacob A. Bloom. I'm unfamiliar with him. Um, but uh, between he wrote it for a long time. A year um, and a half. He wrote that contract for a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, it was a pay or play fee, which pretty much meant even if partway through production, they were like, you know what? Let's not make this movie. Arnold Schwarzenegger still gets paid. Bro, what? Once he demands $29.25 million and all of these other perks, there wasn't anyone in the studio that was like, are we sure this is worth it? Because I feel like if I'm in the room, I'm going to be like, I'm going to say no because I've read our script that we have so far. It's not worth it. Even if he wanted to sign on for free with this script, it's not worth it. But now we have to pay him $29.25 million? For a garbage ass script, hey, let's let's not let's hold off until someone actually has an idea that doesn't blow ass. Um, but yeah, so in addition to the money, um, his perk package included a lump sum of 1.5 million for private jets, a fully equipped gym trailer, three bedroom deluxe suites on location, round the clock limousines, and personal bodyguards. He also insisted on and got. 20% of the gross receipts made by the venture from every market in the world, including movie theaters, videos, DVDs, television licensing, in-flight entertainment, game licensing, and so forth. What? Uh, 20% it does to say, one person. Yeah, it does say that usually they word those things in such a way where they never really claim that the movie reached or, its break even yeah i think the 20 percent that was after it breaks even yeah that's still a bonkers number though. yeah um and then he also gets to pre-approve the director the principal cast the hairdresser makeup man driver stand-in stunt double unit publicist personal physician and his cook uh, what all this stuff it was just insane and so, yeah, the the fact that he's like, I don't want to come back. And James Cameron's like, Hollywood's going to make a stupid decision either way. Just go ahead and be part of it and make off like a fucking bandit. Uh, that's kind of one of those things. I don't blame Schwarzenegger. Like, the, he was in a really, really bad movie. And if you're making $29.25 million, Good for you. Right? You'd be in that bad movie. Yeah. Jeez. I also wonder if there was part of him that was like, you know what? Take a year and a half to write this contract. Make it absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Like, ask for I wonder a if he was like, terrifying amount of money. There's no way in hell these people are going to sign this contract, but they're going to look like the stupid ones and not me. Yeah. And then they signed the fucking yeah. contract. I, I would love to know when they signed, was Schwarzenegger like, oh my gosh, they actually did? Or was he like, I knew they would. Like, I, I wish I could be a fly on the wall in that moment of his life. Right. Um, yeah, getting into this movie, like, I, I feel like one of the things that makes it so bad is how often they're trying to get the audience to laugh. And it's, it's yeah, always just... Yeah, with all of his, like, one-liners. He's got one-liners. He's got these these moments where it 
it kind of feels like he's supposed to like show his humany side, kind of like in Terminator 2. But with Terminator 2, he's being taught how to be human by John Connor. And their yeah. chemistry is brilliant. In this, he just, yeah. And so many times when his one-liners have this dramatic-ass pause. And it's like, why would a machine pause for effect? Right. Shut up. That's not in his programming. But yeah, there's a moment early on, the TX, she steals this lady's car. She just walks over and the lady's like, do you need me to call the police or something? She's like, I like your car. I, I like, like your, your suit. Car. And then camera just shows her. You can't see the lady, but you just see the TX reach forward and rip off the lady's life. I, you just hear a ripping sound and the lady's probably dead. What did she do? Probably her head. It's not like a neck snapping sound. She just rip the fucking head clean off the neck. I don't know. But yeah, there are so many moments like that where you just like the camera pans into the TX's face and you just hear the victim go, ow, I'm dead now or something like. Yeah. You just hear a lot of the deaths are just off screen. Yeah. Which is weird because it's a rated R movie. They could have shown stuff. Yeah. It's. It's so dumb. But yeah, so she gets this car. She's driving real fast. A cop pulls her over. She's sitting there. I like your gun. Well, before that, he's walking up and she looks over and sees a Victoria's Secret billboard. And so she like inflates her boobs. Thank goodness there was a billboard there to notify the super advanced future machine that men like big boobies. Oh my gosh. I think... I must have been you may have looking away. Down. Yeah, I was wrapping Christmas presents during yeah. the first chunk of this movie, yeah, so I think I moment. missed that she's part. She's sitting at the wheel. She looks up, sees a Victoria's Secret post uh, billboard, and just looks down. Her chest just gets larger. Gross. Yeah, as though like this cop is going to be like, "Oh, I did see you just run a red light doing a hundred in a residential zone." Oh man, look at them titties. Oh, you're free to go, ma'am. And if that doesn't Especially work, you'll be like... after you compliment my gun. Oh my gosh, I love your firearm. He's like, dang, boobies and she likes my side piece? Oh, this is the girl of my dreams. No, Wipe shut her up. up. Yeah. Um, one thing I was very confused about was that the actor of John Connor was different. Because I was like, okay, well, this movie is set 10 years after Terminator 2. And it came out more than 10 years after Terminator 2. So the guy who played John Connor could have come back. But I learned. Did you know anything about Edward Furlong? No, not until okay. I read that he uh, had some substance abuse problems. Um, and could not reprise his role. That's as not John entirely Connor. true. Because you use the word some. He had all of the substance all abuse of problems. <laughs> he... You know how uh, Robert Downey Jr. eventually pulled out of it? Mm -hmm. Edward Furlong didn't. Edward Furlong is like if if Amanda Bynes worked harder. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and it, it's insane. Edward Furlong did American History X and Terminator 2, both of which he's phenomenal in. And then he made sure his life took a Big, big dive in a big, big way. I did read that the guy who played John Connor in Terminator 3 didn't come back in any of the other ones. No. 
No, John Connor has never been played by the same guy twice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What even is this franchise? Yeah. Um, do we see John Connor in the flesh in the first movie? I don't know, because it ends with Sarah being pregnant with him. Right, but like in, in the future Oh, in the sequences. future. I don't think so. I don't think we do. And then we see him in the second movie, both in the future and as Edward Furlong. Future guy is just... Some guy. Like a shiny extra. Yeah. Then Edward Furlong, you're not really going to get him back. Then Terminator 3, they get uh, Nick Stahl, who... He auditioned five times for that yeah. role. Nick Stahl, I'm sorry, he has zero star power. I didn't think he did a terrible job as John Connor, but I didn't... I didn't think I didn't... he did a terrible job. I didn't think he did a good he enough wasn't job. He was exceptional. Yeah. If, if they were to announce Nick Stahl is returning as John Connor, I'm not going, ooh, he is? Yeah. I'm going, oh, the Terminator 3 guy's coming back? Okay. All right. And then in Terminator Salvation, in this one, John Connor is going to be played... By Christian Bale. What? Christian Bale's got some fucking star power. Did you not know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. I know surprisingly little about mm-hmm. the Terminator franchise. Yeah. Um, so, I, I... Yeah. Christian Bale plays John Connor in 4. Does a great job. However, he then can't come back. Well, for multiple reasons. Probably Batman at that point, right? Um, well, this was like... Between Batman movies. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So he, Batman Begins, I would say, is what put uh, Christian Bale on the map for big name action movies. He People knew his name before Batman. I didn't, but people did. But all of a sudden after Batman, everyone wanted him in their action movie. Um, but then he can't really come back after that because... It's a very different story being told after that. And also, and this is kind of the real kicker, um, Christian Bale lost his fucking mind on set of Terminator Salvation at one point. There was, I can't remember if it was a lighting guy or a boom mic guy or a set designer or something, but I guess during a scene, this guy was adjusting something in Christian Bale's peripheral vision. And Christian Bale proceeded to yell and scream profanities of this guy, threaten him with physical violence. Yeah, eventually, like, you can hear the director come in, and he's like, Christian, maybe let's settle down. And he's like, I will walk away. I will quit this movie if this guy does not get fired immediately. Like, it it was really, really bad. And it became a very famous sound bit on the internet. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll play it for you. Um, but yeah, so it's funny. For for this huge franchise centered around um, Sarah Connor and John Connor, I feel like you could easily write a story where, you know, there's they send back either this time they don't send back a Terminator to protect you. You could you could easily have Terminator 3, where it's, uh, they, Skynet sends back the TX, but Mankind sends back another Kyle Reese, you know, another human soldier. 
Mm-hmm. They don't need Arnold. It's the audience that needs Arnold. Mm-hmm. And so in this story where you kind of need Sarah Connor and John Connor, the fact that they're constantly recasting John is so sad. Like, there's no iconic John Connor outside of Edward Furlong, I'd say. Starting out this movie, John Connor is all like, oh, I I know how important I am, but people are looking for me, yada, yada, yada. So I'm living off the grid, you know? No cell phone, no address. Um, but I am still living in downtown LA because I just feel like living off the grid right in the middle of one of the biggest cities in North America Seems right. No, you're dumbass. not off the grid. You're homeless. Exactly. Yeah. There's a difference, yeah. sir. Uh, so I know I've seen it. I I know I've I've shown it to you. I don't know how well you remember it, but for anyone listening, if you've ever seen the movie Shooter, there's a moment or a whole scene or whatever where Mark Wahlberg goes to live off the grid. And he has a cabin in the woods, and he has a dog, and... And he's legitimately off-grid. He's legit off-grid. I And I feel like that's not super unique to that movie, but it's just sort of one of those, like, hey, name a movie where someone goes off the grid. Uh, Mark Wahlberg and Shooter. Yeah. But I feel like there are plenty of movies where people go off-grid, and they... Or, uh, uh, without giving away too much of the ending, for... It's been out for a very long time, but if you guys haven't seen it, I do not want to spoil anything, but there's a little bit of a living off the grid sequence in Breaking Bad. And Oh, yeah. yeah. I was actually thinking about that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Have John Connor either live off the grid or don't live off the grid. Have right. Him, have him live on the grid and just be really, really good at wiping his digital footprint. Right? Like, like, there's so many living ways. Living off the grid does not involve sipping on a Bud Light on a freaking canal bridge or yeah. whatever that was. It's just like, I don't have an address. See? And it's just him, yeah, drinking beer, sitting on a bridge, and dropping the bottle into the water. Like, no, he doesn't look clever. He just looks useless. Yeah. Yeah, so, he does. Yeah, that was, just struck me as so overtly dumb uh oh when the tx first comes back from the future she starts hunting down all the people that are going to be important in the future war so there's someone at a drive-through kills that dude she then goes to uh these like high schoolers having a having a house party she comes in she's like are you william so-and-so and he's like oh yeah i'm bill she pushes this kid to the ground and shoots him at point-blank range. But she shoots him like seven times. Yeah, why? How efficient of a killer are you if you need half a clip on a teenager two feet away from your fucking barrel? You should know where a brain is. You should be able to identify what part of the chest the heart is in. You should need one bullet, kiddo. Also... When she is hunting down, what's her name? The Claire Danes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember her character. Uh, Becca? No. Brewster. Something Brewster. Catherine Brewster. Catherine Brewster. There we go. Um, and she's in the vet clinic. Mm-hmm. And then she just shoots that lady. Um, and then 
licks the blood off of her finger. Oh, I took notes on that. What the fuck? Yep. So I wrote, Terminator can identify people by blood, but Skynet puts the sensors in the mouth. You can't just have them touch blood and be like, this is the blood of Catherine Brewster, or this is not the... Nope. They have to touch it and then go... "Mm." And that shot was just too long. Yeah. It was very uncomfortable. That was another thing. The TX moves so slow and overdramatic. Like, she doesn't move like a deadly machine. She moves like a poorly written villain. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just... It's really, really bad. Um, There's a moment when... Oh, she, so she, she shoots the lady who isn't Catherine Brewster, then finds some gauze with some blood on it and licks that, realizes it's John Connor and gasps. Why would a Terminator gasp? If you're a machine, there's no need for more oxygen in your brain suddenly. There's no, (gasps) you're a machine. You should just go. Like, maybe oh, a, a twitch John of the head. John Connor is near. Yeah. Like, so many things where it's like, did the scriptwriters ever remember that they were writing a robot? It... So many things about this movie just felt so disconnected. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's chock full of things like that, where I, I can't really say there was ever any big moment where it's like, that was really, really terrible and stupid and, and poorly done. It's just shitloads of these small things. Like, she gasps, and that's dumb. She licks blood. That's also dumb. Oh, uh, what'd you think? Because I, I know this is something that pissed off a lot of people, but by the time I saw it, I already knew. So it was like, yeah, I can see why that would annoy people. At least I didn't have to deal with the shock value of it but uh sarah connor dying off screen between movies how'd you feel about that i didn't really have a feeling about it yeah it seemed to kind of do her a disservice Mm -hmm. but at the same time i don't know that they would have brought linda hamilton linda hamilton I don't think they would have brought her back just to kill her on screen. And I don't think she really had a role to play in the movie. Yeah. Um, It felt just like very quick, like, oh, she died of cancer. I never knew where she was buried. But here's her coffin with a shitload of guns. Yeah. Which I feel like that move was pretty Sarah Connor because she had a weapons stash in random places throughout the world. I used to. Now I think that's dumb as shit. One of her last demands in her will, uh, cremate me and spread my ashes at sea. Secretly put a dick ton of firearms into a coffin and still purchase a casket and a grave plot for me. And put all of those guns in. Okay. And then we'll tell your son, John. No, no, no. Don't tell him. Then who yeah, the fuck who was do you executing want us to tell? That? 
Like, who was executing the purchasing of the coffin? And yeah, like who's who's dealing with the logistics? But also, who is being notified of this? So out. John only Especially finds if the out. Terminator knows. Yeah. So it's it's just kind of a, okay, after Judgment Day, either tell Skynet or... It, this is another thing that really baffles my mind is like, did John ever find out in the future, like from someone who knew? Or does he only get notified that there are guns in the casket? Because Schwarzenegger comes back and tells him. And then later, when Schwarzenegger's about to go back, it's like, we'll all need weapons. And they're like, oh yeah, John told us that there are weapons in the casket because you told him there are weapons in the casket. Like, is it just this cycle of... Did that make sense? Yeah, but the more I think about this, the more it makes me mad. Yeah, it's really, really dumb that she would fill her casket with coffee. I think this is a movie that you can't think too deeply about. Because Which is then so you sad. start to find the holes. Yeah. Coming off the back of Terminator 1 and 2, you may not like Terminator 1 that w- much, but it's a pretty watertight script. Mm-hmm. Like, it is surprisingly well thought out for a horror movie about a robot. Mm-hmm. The the amount of time and energy and is this working well that they did on that first movie is really impressive, especially looking at the third one where they're like, it doesn't have to make sense, it just has to explode. Shut up. Turn off the cameras and go home. You don't have a good idea. Quit while you're behind. Um, I did like seeing Dr. Silberman back at the, um, what's a place with a bunch of graves? A cemetery? Cemetery. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Words are hard. It's fine. Yeah, it's so hard. Um, So, yeah. uh, It was good to see him back. Um, It was good to see him see Schwarzenegger again and being like, oh, shit, not that guy. Damn it. Um, I do kind of feel like in his uh, experience, as soon as someone's like, he's not human or something like that, Dr. Silverman should be like, what do you mean he wasn't human? Like, did he, did he seem like maybe he was a machine? If someone starts making it seem like maybe they just dealt with a robot, you get your ass out of there, Silberman. Right. <laughs> like, it, as soon as someone's like, oh my gosh, I must have been hallucinating. If I was him, I'd be like, why did it seem like you were hallucinating? Because if you start making it sound like you just saw a robot, I'm gone. It's going to be like when Scooby hears about ghosts. I'm going to float in the air for a few seconds as my legs start moving. And then I'll run away and all you'll hear is just a pew and there will be a dust of smoke where I was. So the TX goes to uh, Catherine Brewster's house and kills her fiance and then takes the fiance's shape as disguise. The detectives then come to the house and they're like, hey, your fiance is in trouble. And he's like, is she? I'll go with you. And these two professional detectives are like, this doesn't seem suspicious at all. Right? Like, we're not going to check the apartment. This guy is acting so human. He's acting like a run-of-the-mill carbon-based life form. Get in our car. Dumb. So stupid. Then, as soon as they arrive at the cemetery, the TX gets out of the car, starts walk, 
walking towards Catherine Brewster and immediately disengages the fiancé disguise? What, for dramatic effect? Do you not know how to kill people? Wait until she's within arm's reach and then just kill her and when she looks all confused, then transform out of the fiancé disguise. Right. But don't do it when she's, like, a quarter mile away from you. Also, uh, the fiancé character was originally... The character name was Scott Peterson, but there's this famous killer in California named no. Scott Peterson <laughs> um, who's convicted of murdering his pregnant <laughs> wife and unborn child. Oh, boy. That's not funny. Um, that is not funny. But imagine so writing a terrible they Terminator changed, movie. They changed his name to Scott Mason, but in the credits, he's still Scott Peterson. Shut up. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. That is great. That would happen oh, in the Terminator franchise. Yeah, that's I'm not laughing because the guy killed his pregnant wife and whoever else. Unborn child. Unborn child, yeah. Um I thought maybe there was a, a third external human being. Um but I I laugh because when you're already working on a movie doomed to fail, to suddenly get fucked over by an old serial killer it wasn't even old it was at that time are you shitting me yeah it was current events yes oh my gosh it happened in 2002 oh my gosh the level of unlucky yeah wow yeah oh i wonder if morbid does an episode on that that's that's like Trying to remake planes, trains, and automobiles, but you're just going to call it planes, planes, and planes, and it's going <laughs> to come out September 10th, 2001. Yeah. My new favorite way to describe movies that aren't great mm -hmm. is aggressively mediocre. This, this isn't even and... aggressively mediocre. This is fucking bad. But it's like watchably bad. <sighs> if you don't think about it, maybe... Okay. Like, okay. Um, oh, so they get to... It's not Skynet. It's the military base where they're about to upload Skynet. Yeah. Like, yeah. And at some point, shit hits the fan. Skynet's been uploaded. Everything's turned on. There are Skynet machines running around. And at some point, they're running down this hallway... Doors at the end of the hallway open. There's a Skynet. There's a, a hunter-killer, but, like, miniature. There's this little, like, hunter-killer drone thing about the size of this shape that I'm making with my hands that the audience can't see. Um, about the about the size of my wingspan. I don't, I don't care. If you've seen the movie, maybe you remember this. You probably don't because it's a pretty forgettable part. Good for you. But this thing shoots missiles at John and Catherine. They mm -hmm. duck. They clearly duck. Mm -hmm. And the drone flies over them to make sure they're dead. What? It's not a very smart drone. Yeah, What? what is your frame rate Like that you're looking at the world at? Is your frame rate like two frames a second? How did that happen? So it flies over them, looks all around, and they're just laying there staring at it like, Oh, thank goodness this thing is dumb as shit. Then it comes back at them. So Catherine Brewster picks up the AK and shoots it. So John is just sitting there 
dumbfounded being an idiot. Finally, Catherine Brewster picks up a gun and shoots it and just like yells. And then the thing goes down. John is now staring at her jaw on the floor and she's like, what? It's like, first of all, that's not all it takes to write a badass female character. She Mm -hmm. doesn't just kill one thing and then be like, it's not even a big deal. But then John has to look at her and be like, you remind me of my mom. How Freudian do you want this fucking movie? Ew. But also, is that all it takes to remind you of the most badass woman that's ever walked the earth? Is just someone doesn't keep laying on the ground and just pulls the trigger ever? Have you ever seen any woman fire a gun before? Because you're going to, if you go to a firing range and there's a single female there, you're going to be like, oh my gosh. They're all going to remind you of mom. It's it's like there's 20 of my mom right here. This is amazing. Shut up, John. You're, you're an idiot in this movie. It's just lazy writing is what it really is. Yeah. Like... And then, um, yeah, more lazy writing. They have to run around this, uh, I think it's a particle accelerator or something like that. As they're running, it turns on and it's a magnet or something and so all of a sudden the terminator's chasing them and she gets pulled onto the particle accelerator because she's made out of metal and then the gun flies out of their hands and hits the particle accelerator because guns are made out of metal those are the only two things really no one in this room has a zipper on their pants or a belt buckle on no jewelry no jewelry all that c4 in john's backpack no metal in that shit Okay, okay. Like this, this whole room isn't made out of metal. It's not pulling it's a this fast room. and furious style magnet. It's, yes, yes. Terminator it Three only magnetizes to the things that move the plot forward. Yeah, it's it's magnet by way of magic. Like selective it's, magnetization. Yeah. Um, also, how did she survive that? Like the TX. Yeah. Oh, because she, like, stabbed it, and then... Which, oh my gosh, the fact that that's all it takes to break... Because she magically has a saw in her hand. Yeah, that's another thing. Like, the level of deus ex machina coming out of her fucking arm is ludicrous. And, yeah, the fact that you just need to... And then the whole thing is turned off. That's not how any machines work come on guys um and then i one thing that i will say was like oh okay cool is her fight with schwarzenegger once okay yeah yeah in the bathroom and stuff they're Mm -hmm. like throwing each other through walls and stuff the cgi isn't great but i do like the concept that you've got arnold schwarzenegger this big huge tank of a man and this girl this very very small female and they're just obliterating the the set did you know she was originally supposed to be a man okay and they'd thought of uh i read like um Dwayne the Rock Johnson was on the list Vin Diesel was on the wow. list 50 Cent was on the list. Ugh, 50 Cent. That was supposed to be his, like, breakout role. Wow. <laughs> I do like the concept. 
I mean, I feel like they did it in Terminator 2, but seeing a Terminator that's a much thinner frame, but still hits just as hard as Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think visually that's that's a fun fight scene to watch. Um, there's one moment where they're kind of like both sitting on the ground, and, and so Arnold's behind her, they're both on the ground, and all of a sudden she whips her legs behind yeah, her yeah and then her arms come back and then her head turns around that's all cool and fun and awesome and then she turns around her chest and i pretty much just chalk that up to the liquid exterior that we kind of see that she has um which yeah that that moment where it's like okay yeah i've got her i'm behind her good good and then she just spins i i think that's a that's a good moment that's a solid little nugget of the fight scene um one moment in that same fight that doesn't work as well as they hoped it would. She comes up behind him and like she's gonna like pick him up and throw him through the wall or something like that. But in order to get her hand underneath him, she grabs him right in the yeah. crotch. And then you see Arnold look down as though he's thinking, That's where human men keep their penises. Like it, it's just it's so dumb. Yeah. I'm interested to see in this next Terminator movie. Mm-hmm. Because I know Arnold himself is not in it. Okay. Because he was governor at the time. Right. Yeah. Um, but I do know that they like CG'd him to be Okay. In it. Okay. So I'm interested to see how that looks. Okay. Was I not supposed to know that tidbit of information um, before? I mean, obviously I saw it. Uh, I think opening night or at least very close to opening night. So it was a surprise to me. And I feel like there have been certain things that totally catch you off guard that I'm like, oh, damn. She didn't know that about Terminator? Um, and so to to find out that you do know that there will be an appearance of Schwarzenegger in the next one is like, oh, interesting. I I don't feel like that's as widely talked about as some of the other things um so yeah um yeah i'd I'd be interested to see what you think of that cg um for me it was uh kind of a the cg is not great it's obviously good enough that i understand what you're trying to um communicate Mm -hmm. so cool fine whatever um, so stay tuned for my reaction to that yeah. in next week's episode. Yeah. Wow. Didn't realize we'd already been talking for 50 minutes. Um, what else? Um, anything else stand out to you? Oh, I will say this. Uh, the credits start to roll, and I'm like, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't very good. And right as I'm about to turn it off, uh, like there's like the score, the background music, and then all of a sudden like this rock song like the guitar comes in and and like the credits rock and roll song starts and i literally just sat there staring at the tv horrified like that just the sound of the song they chose for the end credits was so bad is anyone shocked that they made a bad choice with that (sighs) because so many other bad choices were made yeah um so overall yeah. I would say this movie is watchable. It's it's watchable. Um, I, I do kind don't of... think about it too hard, mm-hmm. but I think you can watch it and not 
hate yourself for spending two hours watching it. I feel like if I had never seen a Terminator movie and then I saw this one, I may have come out and been like, okay, that was better than I was expecting. I mean, how do you really go into Terminator movies expecting better than this? And then I would have seen the others and I would have been like, oh shit, I didn't, oh, I didn't realize most of these movies are way better than that. Holy crap. Because I have had those movies where like, um, I, I, I feel like there was one moment when I was a kid where I, without having seen a specific franchise, I made a comment like, well, what do you expect from a blank movie? Uh, it, it may have been Terminator. I can't remember. But my dad gave me this look of like, how dare you speak about that franchise in such a way? And I was like, are, are those movies like actually good? And he was like, those movies are legit phenomenal. And I was like, oh, damn, I didn't know. And then I started watching them and I was like, oh, now I understand. These are really, really good. And then I saw the bad one and I was like, yep, this is what I was expecting the whole franchise to be. But now that I've seen the whole franchise, yes, this definitely stands out as the bad one. And yeah. the more I'm talking, the more I do think it may have been Terminator that we were discussing. Um, as we were re-watching this, or as we were uh, coming up on re-watching this, it's so heartbreaking because a uh, little fun fact about me, uh, Claire Danes was like one of my first like Hollywood crushes but it turns out and this is kind of one of those big movies that notifies me of it it was not so much that I was super attracted to Claire Danes it's more just that I'm very attracted to her character in Stardust okay. and I will go to my grave stating Claire Danes in Stardust is one of the most beautiful sights Hollywood has ever produced in human history. She's gorgeous in that movie, in that, like, silver dress. Oh, my gosh. And the fact that she's that stunning visually in a movie with Charlie Cox and Henry Cavill, and she still stands out from the crowd, that's impressive. Now, they do go out of their way, to make Henry Cavill look awful in that movie. Like, if you look at a screenshot of Henry Cavill in Stardust and Henry Cavill every other day of his life, those are two very different things. I I would take CGI upper lip Henry Cavill over Stardust Henry Cavill. It's, okay. it's that bad. Okay. Um, Do you have any last thoughts on Terminator 3, Rise of thoughts? the Machines? Yes. Sorry. One last thing. So, that thing that I praised so heavily last week, the score, the Terminator 2, the dun-dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun-dun, and then the, the beautiful, like, sort of music in the background after that, the fact that that is never in Terminator 3 is such a, like, are we making a Terminator movie? Do you know if we're it making a Terminator movie? It doesn't feel like it. It really doesn't. So, yeah. Um, I, another thing. I feel like so many of these action sequences, you know, you have the uh, um, the moment where there's the 
big truck thing with the crane and the cable thing mm-hmm. and also like three police cars and two fire trucks or whatever such a big deal car chase scene you've got uh the the fight in as skynet is coming online we have the fight at the cemetery with a casket full of guns all that stuff there's so many big fight scenes and it feels like every one of them is trying to outdo the stuff that came in terminator 2 and not a single one of those feels nearly as memorable as like in terminator 2 when arnold is standing in the window with the minigun and just shooting at all the cops mm-hmm. down in the parking lot just i don't know if it comes down to cinematography or just the story itself but there's so many memorable moments from t2 and t3 is just so relentlessly forgettable oh yeah so yeah that that made me sad just all these things that i was like oh i kind of remember this oh i kind of remember this oh i kind of remember this and now that it's over i'm like i feel like i'll react that same way the next time i watch this movie It'll just be like, oh, yeah, I kind of, okay, yeah. Uh. But, yeah, this movie is so, just such a, a relentless letdown. Yeah. But, yeah, if if you just want a check-your-brain-at-the-door action movie, yeah, you sure, fine. It, yeah. I will say, if you want even a movie that you can check your brain at the door, watch pretty much any other terminator movie i i do upon rewatching. now i do still need to rewatch salvation genesis and dark fate but from what i remember and what i can tell at this point in time i think this is the worst terminator movie i hope so yeah i hope you're right um because yeah I, I think the others at least had good ideas okay um and i will say i think terminator dark fate is legitimately really damn good. So okay. I'm we're the six movies we're doing one a week. I'm so excited to get to the final week. So it's like, yeah, now we're gonna watch Terminator Three. Okay, let's watch Terminator Salvation. Like I do remember liking it. I am excited to revisit it. I just really want to rewatch Dark Fate. So yeah. So watch along with us. Yep. We'll keep putting these out. Yeah. Um, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. This episode will be released the day before Thanksgiving, 2022. Which is a Wednesday this year. Um, yes, it is. The day before Thanksgiving is a Wednesday. Yep. Um, you're getting this episode a day early. A day early. Because we are hopping on a plane way freaking early on thanksgiving morning yeah so. and i'm not bringing my computer with me no yeah so enjoy this episode one day early yeah and have and a happy thanksgiving give thanks for this episode and the fact that it's been brought into your life early yeah so. and then go follow us on instagram go follow us on instagram and yeah. listen to our episodes and all of the and things tell your friends yes share our episodes yeah and uh, and name your firstborn real couple. Yeah. Yeah. Name a kid after us. Yeah. But not dollars a page. Just name them real Just couple. Just real couple. Just real couple and then whatever your last name is. Real couple Ross. Yep. That. 
Ooh, shocking, if you have an R last name, yeah. definitely name your kid. Real, real couple, couple Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Real couple Rodriguez. Come to Ooh. us for more baby names. Real couple Rodriguez. Back to the we don't speak the Spanish. I can roll ours. (laughs) Anyways, I don't know. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks for listening. Oh, real quick. Can we take one more minute? Yes. Real quick. Who do you want to meet? If if this podcast takes off and we get to meet Lance Bass like Elise Myers does, who's our Lance Bass? I'll go first then. Uh, I think um, I've been sitting on this one for a while now. I don't think I've said this guy yet, but uh, Andy Circus, he is. Ooh, that's a good yeah, one. Andy Circus, I consider one of the greatest and most slept-on actors working in Hollywood right now. I think he is absolutely phenomenal. Has never received an Oscar, as far as I'm aware, and he has given uh, one of the most iconic performances of all time as Gollum and for me one of my absolute favorite performances he played one of my favorite film characters ever and that is Caesar in the Planet of the Apes trilogy so good choice yeah I'm gonna go with Anna Kendrick on this one I would totally fangirl if I ever get to meet Anna Kendrick yep yep um, uh, we watch so many of the like Anna Kendrick highlight videos on mm-hmm. YouTube, and she's so funny. Anna Kendrick as an actress, ludicrously talented. Oh yeah. Anna Kendrick as a human being, ludicrously charming. I love her. Like, she's really really good. For a very long time, at this point, I've lost all hope because I've lost so much hope in the company, but. If they were to ever seriously want to do a Batgirl, a Barbara Gordon Batgirl story, I think Anna Kendrick as Batgirl could kill it. She could be really good at that. Yeah. I think she has the wit, but the, um, yeah, if, if she wanted to, you know, really hit the gym, get stacked to play a superhero, I'd, I'd be in that theater. Um, so yeah, I, I absolutely endorse your desire to meet Anna Kendrick and it sounds like you endorse my desire to meet Andy Serkis. Who wouldn't want to meet Andy Serkis? Well, all right. You heard it here first, folks. Send this out and, uh, get it into the, uh, ears of Anna Kendrick and Andy Serkis. Please and thank you. You're the best. Bye. Bye.